Hey everybody, welcome to the Catholic Influencer Podcast. A conversation to help Catholic influencers like you and me to go deeper and further in our influencing of the world for Jesus. I'm your host, Father Rob Gallia. And I'm your co-host, Danny Sullivan. And we look forward to talking to you today about family. Hey, Danny. Hey, Father Rob. It's such a blessing today, a nice hot weather here in Victoria, and while the rest of the world seems to be in cold. It doesn't feel like a blessing. We are in this disgusting little room with no air conditioner. Yes. It's not lovely. Our small office, but we'll be moving soon. Yeah, very soon. To a bigger office. With an air conditioner. Yes, hopefully. Just in time for winter. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. I can't wait. Well, you spend more time in the office than I do. Yeah, I don't know know if we'd call it your office, to be honest. (laughs) I think the office is like maybe Qantas. Yeah, the airport. Yeah. yeah, sponsored by Qantas. Not not really. <laughs> but if Qantas is interested. Yes, exactly. Just <laughs> give us a call. So it's uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about family. I love family. Do you I'm, love your family? I'm so excited for today's topic. It's a bit dangerous, though. You've asked me about my family and I can talk for hours. Yeah, you so talk we'll about keep... your family quite a lot. They're my yeah. favorite people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, family is such a blessing. It's where uh, not everyone has a good experience of family, but mm. when it's rightly ordered, the family is a, the most beautiful place where we can discover God when we can discover ourselves. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with that, Father Rob. I mean, I learned who I was in my family and my parents definitely brought me into the faith. Also the popes. A lot of the popes talk about the family being the first school of worship, the place where we discover God first. Um, but it's also a place where we learn to struggle, where we learn to forgive, where we learn to move on. Um, we learn a lot about relationships, don't we, in, in family? Absolutely. I grew up in a family. I'm one of five. So there was a lot of forgiveness growing up. Me, I have three brothers, so I'm jam-packed in the middle of three boys and we've got an older sister as well. But growing up around three boys, there was lots of forgiveness on both sides. I think I would kind of poke them. They would hurt me. I would run to mum and dad and, and play the baby sister card. Lock, lock you in cupboards as well. Oh, yeah. One of them locked me <laughs> in a cupboard. <laughs> For a long time. I was 30 minutes. Oh, 30 minutes locked in a cupboard. So and forced me to listen to classical music as like a 12 year old. It was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Funny now, funny but now. not funny then. I've forgiven him, which is a beautiful thing I learned from that awful experience. Yes. But you see, this is the beauty of family. You come back, always coming back to understanding about um, forgiveness, always understanding about mercy and that we love people and even though we disagree with them. And I think one of the things is family is disappearing as an institution. So we're becoming less forgiving. We're becoming less tolerant. We're becoming more precious and more offended. We get offended about so many things. The world gets offended when we say the wrong thing or even think or or assume the wrong thing. And I think that's a, a connected, I'm not 100%, but I would say that is connected with the brokenness of the family. Yeah, or another thing that I've noticed in more recent times is that when something is broken, we've got this more of a throwaway kind of culture where, oh, this this family's a bit broken, like we're not going to try to repair it as much as we would have in the past, which has its positives and its negatives. But yeah, you know, when you see a family really striving to stay together, they're learning so much through that experience rather than, you know, if a family... um, 
kind of runs into troubles and they dissipate then yeah it's yeah so it's about fighting out. fighting for what yeah. um, what what is god given and we're in a disposable generation where everything is thrown mm. away we just changed our dishwasher here in the parish and yeah, mind you i think it's an old one so maybe not a good example that's I been think, there like 19 years i think it blew up before <laughs> it, blew up. it was replaced <laughs> not but a good example I, but i get where you're coming yeah. from <laughs> but we tend to throw things away before we even try to to repair before we try to to fight for something that that is worth fighting Fighting, fighting for. But also the family is a place of responsibility. It's a place where we um, have to reach out to one another. Uh, I think it's Pope John Paul II. He said this, as the family goes, so goes the whole world in which we live. So the, the family is a, a reflection of what society will become because that's where we learn that is our first society. And so it is our uh, responsibility as, as parents, as, as children, as, and even myself as a, a priest who's there to serve the family is to make sure that we learn to love Jesus within the family. And there are so many great examples of families like this that yeah. put Jesus at the center. And that's obvious, you know, I mean, there's the Holy Family. Jesus was very much at the center of that. And that is the perfect model. I don't know, Father Rob, you may heard, I have this beautiful goddaughter. She is the best, <laughs> most beautiful goddaughter in the world. But her family, so her parents, Erica and Alan, um, they are, to me, the most perfect example of the Holy Family. I wow. mean, there's little baby number two on the way. And yes. I think I'm allowed to say that because... It's pretty soon and it's on Facebook, so it's fine. Um, but, you know, just seeing them and I love going and having dinner with them and just seeing how they interact with each other and how much Alan loves Erica and how much Erica loves Alan and how, you know, Stella is the product of that and how much they both love Stella because they love each other. And it's just this beautiful dynamic and they, you know, have their struggles, but they always, you know, fight through that or open up communication and just they are this beautiful example to me of just, you know, family goals pretty uh, much and reaching out to the community as well they it's oh. they they volunteer in parish they help out um they say I, I also i'm involved like i'm also the godfather mind you um on the on this <laughs> of this beautiful stella but also that they don't um isolate themselves they're very involved in youth ministry and adult ministry yeah and i think you know as soon as someone comes into the parish that you know might need a home they're the first ones to open their door and welcome them home for a meal like it's just this beautiful place of welcoming and hospitality and love and that's just what a family in my biased opinion should be these are beautiful examples of what families should be mm. yes and it's not the only um, form of the family but yeah. i think one of the things and let's talk about this you know uh, about priority because i think one of the things that we need to understand is that family yes it, it, there are kids um, and what happens is when kids come into the into the family all of a sudden the children become the priority as they should but i one of the things we need to understand that in a marriage in a family it is first god God should come first in everything, even before your husband and your wife. But you think this is, this is crazy. But yes, God should be the number one. And then it is each other, the husband and wife. Now, one of the things, the breakdowns of family sometimes happens when they start to put the children before each other. And when the children come before um, the husband and wife, then the children don't have the example of love, of selflessness, of giving. And of, of just what a holy family should be. 
One time I remember talking with my mum and when you grow up in a family with four siblings, you're always trying to, you know, just get a foot above the other. So you'd ask mum, like, who do you love more, me or Patty? And she'd never answer. And then one day I came up with a, a better example. I was like, okay, mum, who would you save if there was a fire in the house, me or Liam? And she looked at me and I was about 13 at this stage. So I understood that she, she would probably choose my seven-year-old brother and I was fine with that. But instead she looked at me and she said, oh, I would make sure that your dad was safe. I'd save him first. <laughs> and as a 13 year old, I was shocked. I was like, mom, how dare you? He's an adult. He can save himself. But then later when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, like mom must really love dad. She's going to save him first. And yeah. that, you know, I remember that, you know, 12 years on just because it was such a eye opener for me to see how much my mom loved my dad, that yeah. she was going to go make sure he was safe and save him instead of me or my little brother. I didn't even get to win my, my own self-made argument. <laughs> but this is the, the point as well, is that when um, a husband and wife love one another and they love each other selflessly mm. and affectionately, yeah. then that is a beautiful example of love to the children and the children feel loved. Yeah, exactly. I remember my parents, for example, showing affection. My my mom would always hug and kiss my, da- my dad and my dad would, while my mom was washing the plates, would come from behind and just hug her and kiss her. And it's like a at the time you're like ill yeah. <laughs> get away it's but disgusting. now <laughs> but now i think wow that's that taught me like affection that taught me that family is about love and is about romance but it's also um they, they would put the children they would love the children but as a team and my this is one thing that always frustrated me but i understand it now is that my mom always always took my dad's side <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, you go to mom for mercy, you go to mom for your side. But no, she was always on dad's side. She would try to help dad see things the way she did, but she would always defend dad and never go against him. So I think, again, the priority of mom and dad. And if that is ordered, then the children will see that and and be ordered. But again, it doesn't end within the family itself. Like you talked about Alan and Erica. They reach out to the community because a family that is stuck with Within itself will stagnate. It will just become dry. It will become um, about ourselves, us against the world, when it is us to serve the world. Yeah, and you know, Alan Nerka, this example of this young couple in the parish so going outside of your home into the parish and then outside of the parish into the community and then everything that they do as a family is going to point back to Jesus because people are going to see them see that there's something different about them this isn't just Alan Nerica this is all yeah. you know families that are focused on we'll have to tell Jesus. them to listen to this podcast yeah. we'll give them <laughs> we didn't plan to talk about them <laughs> I just thought of the best example I could but all families that are centered on Christ they're going to be an example in their home in their community so any family that's focused on Jesus, centered on Jesus, they need to be out in the world because that's where the, where people are going to see them and going to see what's different about them. That's right. And it comes with a life of prayer, doesn't it? Because it's impossible um, for a family to, to put Jesus first, to put each other first and to reach out to the world if it, it is not with a time of prayer. Mm. And praying before meals, praying um, as a family together, praying the rosary, lighting a candle together, um, reading scriptures together. But not only the parent with the child, but as a family together. I meet so many parishioners today. I, for example, another family that comes to mind is a family, um, a husband, wife, and, and two children. The wife is not even 
a Christian. She's a Buddhist, but um, the husband and the children are Catholics, but she joins in the prayer. And it's their prayer together. And they have a beautiful shrine devoted to Jesus, Mary, Joseph. And, and, and as a Buddhist as well, she enters into that time of prayer. But it is God, God that is at the center, Jesus who is at the center, even of a marriage that is not both Catholics. So it is possible. Yeah. It is possible. So look, we're soon going to um, one of the uh, great families that I uh, I met just recently. I didn't know them too well, but I was having a conversation with with Mark. His name is Mark, and he's married to Mirna. Now, Mark and Mirna are young. They actually, when you look at them, they look in their early twenties, but they're in their early thirties. But they have five five children already. Like, and they're such, um, they're, they're found everywhere. Like, they're, they're volunteers in the parish. They help out in youth group. We had, I just had a big event with 700 young people in Sydney. And they were at the forefront organizing all of this and getting all of this um, together. And so it's just, they're, they're always at the forefront of everything, standing at the forefront. And I just love to see people who are just so outward looking. They sound like an amazing couple. And yeah, I listened to this interview just before we recorded this. And it's amazing just hearing them speak together and then about, you know, their relationship, about their children. It's really beautiful. So we're going to go into that interview now with Mark and Marina. So I'm here in Sydney at East Fest. We're about to begin a, a big youth rally and two of the great volunteers here who I, I got to know a little bit are Mark and Myrna. Mark and Myrna are a married couple, a young married couple who have a, quite a large family. I'm just going to um, let them introduce themselves and just a little bit about their family, who their family is. Hi, my name is Mark. Um, I'm a registered nurse from St. Vincent's Private Hospital um, and I'm part of the St. Michael's de Seville Parish. Hi, my name is Mirna. I'm also from St. Michael's, obviously. Um, I work for the St. Michael's Parish. I'm a secretary on one day a week and I work also at the hospital part-time and we have five children. Five children and you both work and you both serve and you both volunteer. This is just amazing. What a blessing. And I, I, I mean, I complain because I'm a priest and I think I have too much to do <laughs> and I don't have the family that you have to juggle the family that you have. So I'm just going to start off with this question. Look, you here, you're married. Um, you got married in your early 20s and then um, five kids later now I imagine in your 30s and uh, you found yourself here did you ever imagine yourself being where you are today never no um, I always complain to my wife that we never really had a meeting about having five kids because sometimes at home it can get quite hectic and quite crazy and when I complain to my wife I'm like we never had a meeting about having <laughs> five kids like how did this happen but you know at the end of the day having such a large family and being involved with the church is, is a real blessing for us all. Amazing. And so tell me a little bit about, um, you didn't have a meeting of, uh, to have this family, but you, you did meet, you did plan to get married. And yes. just, but before that, there must have been a story. How did you guys meet? Where did you guys meet? And tell us a little bit about, about you. So it's quite funny. We actually met um, at a youth group. It was YFC, a Youth for Christ. Um, but we didn't really see each other. Um, she was actually on the internet um, and um, 
Mirna, my wife, was using her sister's account. account. Um, and then I actually spoke to her and I was like, hi, my name is Mark. I'm from YFC as well. And then um, she said that she was using her sister's account. Um, and then eventually we met and we started hanging out. We started dating. Um, so, yeah, that's how we met. So it was one of those deceiving things. You thought she looked one way <laughs> and she looked the other. Yeah, that's yeah, he could have married it. my sister. Yeah, <laughs> sister. Oh, that's awesome. And so you met, you dated, and then eventually you decided to get married. That's right. But why, why get married so young? How old were you when you got married? I was 23. Um, I was and I 27. Actually, and I was actually proposed to him. <laughs> because it was a leap year. <laughs> I think there was only time that a woman can actually propose to a man. But I think eventually I ended up um, buying, pro- buying a ring and proposing back to her. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> so, look, I'm just going to ask. We're talking in this podcast about uh, being a uh, Catholic influencer and influencing the world. But also, I think one of the greatest influences we have, one of the greatest powers we have as family is to influence our family, that they too may become influencers, may, may fall in love with Jesus and impact the lives of, of, of others. Now, I, I think it all starts, I suppose, with a, a life of prayer. You are both devout Catholics. Yes. You are both, you both live out your, your faith. Yes. And you and I know how impossible it is to live out your faith if you don't pray, if you don't have a life of prayer. So how do you, with five children, two of you with work, find time to pray and to put God first. So I'm also an acolyte at my church where I serve every Sunday and I've been serving now for the past 19 years. Um, I think just involvement in the church and getting involved, um, being particip- to participate in the church um, I think really gets the, uh, the family involved as well. My son, who the oldest son at the moment, is reading. Um, our second one is um, doing the offertory. Um, I think it's being a, an example for your children. Um, we we always put church first. Um, there's never a time where we go on ho- we never go on holidays during Christmas or Easter. It's the busiest time for the church, and we showing them that it's a priority. Um, definitely showing that example to say that this is part of our life. We don't we we work around the church, and we because it's important to us. And having said that, they see the importance of it, then they value that. And Because they see you putting God first, they, as a result, yes. put God first as well. And what about like prayer? Do you pray as a family? Uh, we, every night we, we pray um, just before we go to bed. Um, and the novelty of it is we light candles and the kids, you know, take turns, take uh, turns reading. reading. Uh, we have passage from the Bible or children's Bible. Um, and then they can blow out the candle after. But even just as simple as um, uh, sharing a meal together, whenever we get a chance to be together as a family, we actually say, we say the grace first. Um, and, you know, we even sometimes say grace for breakfast lunch and dinner if we are all together yes and it's like and that praying after mass I remember my dad we used to come um, and pray together during meals and my mom who was more the religious used to say come let's pray together my dad would say things like why why are we going to pray again uh, after we've just come from mass now there are a lot of um, there are a lot of struggles and uh, in the future look you have young kids as old as 12 and how old is your youngest one she just turned one one. so he has a five-year gap with the second so the second is turning seven so in the last six years i had the four wow 
Wow. So, so there you go. The last so, six years has been intense, amazing. to say the least. But that's amazing. Yeah. And so and th- these kids are being brought up in a culture which is very secular, very non-religious. Um, and there are a lot of temptations, there are a lot of difficulties. And do you have any fears like that your kids might not embrace the fear? And how do you deal with those thoughts, those fears? I guess one of my fears for my kids is um, as they grow up, and they grow in a, such a secular world, they may lose their faith or may not want to go to church anymore. Um, but I guess the best thing to do is just try and keep encouraging, encouraging them to go to church, keep praying, and I guess just to keep praying for them as well. Yeah, that's right. So it's all praying, like you said, praying with them, seeing them, um, see them seeing you serve the church. So that's there's this community, there's service, there's prayer, but also praying for them because that's so powerful. And uh, your little one um, it says she goes to sleep with my song "Angel." That's it. That's oh, nice. a, yeah. It's actually saved um, my sanity because it, for the past year um, we've been using your song "Angel" to put her to sleep, and she just goes to sleep no matter how cranky or how angry she is. As soon as she, <laughs> as soon as as soon as she see, hears that song, hears your voice, she is out and she sleeps like an angel. She sleeps <laughs> ten to twelve hours. That's and amazing. That's not the power of the music. <laughs> that's yeah. it. But but that's what that song is about. It's about praying for your children. It's about um, interceding for your children that they may grow up to know, to love, and to serve Jesus. Now, a question that may be a bit more intense of a question is that culture today, even you as a young married couple is all about self. You know, I'm married at 22, 27. The 22 and 27-year-olds today, want you want to live for yourself. You want to build business, finances. You want to be free. And it's a culture also that's not open to life. So what gives you the strength um, to be open to life in a culture that doesn't encourage that? Um, I guess for me, I think since I've got a family, I've got five kids, um, it's not really about me anymore. It's all about them now. Um, you know, you know, when I was growing up, I used to sit at the front seat. I always got the, the skin for the chicken. I used to get, um, you know, the front seat for the plane. You know, everything was all about me. But now that it's my kids, uh, my family now, you know, I have to give up everything. I have to give up my chicken now to them, you know, you know, the best part is the chicken skin, you know. Um, but the and kids then they love spit it, it out. out yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, they love it. They love it. They eat it. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. It's just for me now. It's just about them now. It's just, you know. For me, um, I've always wanted a lot of children, 20 to be exact, but <laughs> wow. I knew that wasn't possible. Um, but definitely four. So that's how much we talked about for. Um, but not to say that Emily, uh, Marley, Marley was an accident. She was definitely planned. All of our children were planned. Um, and I guess you, you learn us. You know, it wasn't, I was, I'm not a perfect mother. I, I stress a lot. I yell a lot. But, you know, I, and, and I do pray a lot when I'm by myself. I pray a lot. That my children will understand when I yell. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. And, and that's, that's a and human, I, I absolutely. Pray, and I pray that they will understand. And I pray that God will. And to be honest, I have never been so patient in my life. I think I have more patience with children than adults. <laughs> because it's something I've, I've been doing for 12 years. And it's, I, I, learned, I learned to have patience with God's help. 
and it's that, it's amazing yeah. as well and the love you have eh, is unbelievable um just um i'm just even like as i have some of my friends who are having kids you know i look at them and they've changed they're different now because now they're they're in love they've been in love with their wives and their husbands but it's just different now no more self and the more you can be patient doesn't mean you don't lose it doesn't mean you don't lose your and patience I definitely think it's brought us as a couple a lot stronger. I yeah. we used to fight so much. Oh, we still and, fight now. Uh, we still fight now. Every now and again, we do have our disagreements. Silly things, but we used to fight a lot. And since having our children, I think we've become a stronger team, and we've, our bond is a lot stronger. Um, and you, which you know, we hope our children will learn from will us. Learn from yeah, and, and appreciate. Yeah, it's and it's through the example and the love you have for each other. I think that's the one of the most powerful things is that even that um children see that you've put you put each other first even before them in a sense. Like and because it's first God, then you've yeah. committed to love and serve one another and then together as a team out of that love you serve each other. And that's not always easy. It's not always easy, especially after an argument. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> But so look I just want to finish off this interview with one more question. So um when I just uh, see that Jesus tells us to have childlike faith, okay? And now for me as a celibate priest, I look and I think look God asks us to have childlike faith. But I suppose I have a different vision and a different understanding to what that means to a maybe a mother and a father who have five children. What do you think Jesus was saying? What do you think he was meaning? And what do you understand by Jesus saying, have childlike faith? I get asked this question a lot at work. What does it mean when Jesus say to be childlike? And I always start off by saying it's important to remember you need to be childlike, not childish. Okay, um, and to me, to be childlike is to be to have that innocent, innocentness um, in a child. You know, the the wanting, the needing um, of wanting things and needing things, but in a very innocent, I guess, in an innocent way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's it's about just um, not 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 questioning everything, but uh, trusting at the end of the day what, it, yeah. what God says yeah. is. Has more wisdom than what we think. That's right. Yeah. So, look, uh, Mark and Mirna, I really thank you for your time. I really appreciate you um, making even the sacrifice to bear your hearts <laughs> and your your souls through this. But um, I just want to say, like, I really thank God for you. I thank God for your um, for, for your selflessness. Um, but I also thank God for for using you in spite of your mess. Yes. That we are all messy. That's, yes. But and that goes the same with me. It goes the same with everyone else. But how beautiful that God has trusted you with these five beautiful children and I'd, we as listeners will pray for you both we'll pray that they will grow to know to love and to serve Jesus like you do yes thank you so thank you so much for your time thank you for your um, your words and thank you for your faithfulness thank you thank you father good luck everyone <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on the Catholic Influences Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch at frgministry.com forward slash podcast or any of our social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook with FRG Ministry. And we'll be back next week. Until then, God bless.